Hi, I'm Harut Markarian, and this is Mobility and Inclusion, the show where we share the powerful stories of people with disabilities and daring entrepreneurs making waves in our world. From technological innovations to best practices in business, we'll learn what it really means to live in an inclusive and universally designed environment. Welcome, everybody. This is Harut Markarian, part of Mobility Inclusion podcast, and uh, my guest today is Minerva Garcia, mostly known as Mini Garcia, a female leader in the healthcare industry in the field of physical medicine and rehabilitation. She built her reputation through her 30 years career in physical therapy, an immigrant from the Philippines who devoted her time in the US treating patients who are coming fresh from surgery and helping them get out of bed and return back to their normal lives. She is currently the director of operations of Interstate Rehab Services. Mini, welcome to the show. Welcome. Good to be here. Mini? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear oh, you now. Can... Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me in your show. Oh, it's uh, my pleasure to have you here. I think uh, we have a lot of valuable information to share with our audience. And I think you bring a lot of valuable information that people in the uh, needing of healthcare or, or coming out of surgery might want to know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, My let's... favorite patients. <laughs> um, let's uh, go through what, uh, uh, what, what your job currently is, where you work and what, what you do for your clients. So right now I'm actually uh, director of operations of a big company. A company that contracts different hospitals, they provide the uh, rehab department. So, you know, in, in different hospitals, they have those different departments. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, they outsource different departments because it's so much easier that somebody else is taking care of everything from compliance, regulatory, making sure that that department, the last thing that they need to worry about is one department. So what we do is that we contract with all of those um, different hospitals, and I'm involved with about three different healthcare systems. So when we're talking about healthcare systems, you can hear those uh, popular names as Kaiser, right? Yep. And so this one is not Kaiser, we call it about prime healthcare hospitals. Okay, and then KPC Global, so group of um, healthcare systems, and then they own different kinds of hospitals. So right now in our company, we have about 25 of them. And out of them, for at, at one point, I had 21. And then I trickled down to 18 and then I trickled down. Now they finally uh, promised me, asked me that they will not, they only give me the Orange Counties. So I have about seven right now. Wow, that, a lot um, on your plate. You know. <laughs> well, you know what, once you dialed in and how to handle it, it's so much easier now. I started with just one and then they challenged me to a C2, the one in downtown LA and the one in Orange County. The challenge is not really handling the department. The challenge is the drive. And you know, here in California, the drive pre-pandemic is terrible, you know? I know, and so that, I know. that was the challenge. And then once you get to the hospital and managing different um, staff is an easy thing. But then the joy of it all is that I am part director and a part um, physical therapist. So mm -hmm. I, I still go to the trenches. I go to the patient's room. I sit down with them. I am actually the one who literally almost like getting them up 
to out of bed. So as a physical therapist, our role in the hospital is really to make sure that they get out of the hospital. So, you know, they come to the hospital and the first thing that the doctor said, okay, three days you're leaving. And then back in their plan, the plan in, in their head is that, well, the physical therapist will help us get this patient out of the uh, hospital. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's a healthcare system. And well, a big part of our role is identify where we, uh, what is the next step for our patients? Is it home or maybe it's another place, a rehabilitation department or a skilled nursing, they call it or in an acute setting, or maybe home with uh, home health, or sometimes home and then make sure that they go in an outpatient. Mm -hmm. So we kind of like uh, dabble between two roles, which is the physical therapist and also what they call the case management. Although there's a case management department, we work hand in hand with them. Got it, got it. So yeah, it's a big chunk. Yeah, that's the hospital. So I deal with CEOs. And they call it the CNOs, the chief nursing operation in the hospital. So you're talking about if I have seven or eight or nine, then I deal with nine of them. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and then, you know, so like I said, the, just the department is one. Once uh, through the years, I kind of like got the, uh, the hang of what's really the most important thing when it comes to uh, dealing with the department and then also still seeing a patient, keeping your skills as a physical therapist up the park. I think that's a, that's a very uh, important part. Um, you know, I was, you know, I always say I was a professional athlete. So I always say that people who'd never played the sport, but are coaches are always more inefficient than actual players who become coaches, right? Because you're part of the part of the game right and in this case yeah. you actually practice physical therapy so which makes your job maybe a lot more exciting a lot easier you can help more people right yes exactly um we kind of like joke around uh, a lot of our therapists that i work with who've been in the uh, industry for quite some time and we we laugh around it like before at the beginning we would say we literally would sit down with a patient and evaluate them for about an hour. Now, just seeing the patient cross the room, you know, like this from afar, we kind of like sort of like in our head, we can evaluate them already. <laughs> and, you know, you kind of like get that practice, kind of like an athlete, right? You know, already you're passing it the wrong way buddy, at the <laughs> beginning. But then for us, it's the same thing with the physical therapy because we work so much with a patient. We know already when the patient is going to stay in the hospital longer than, oh no. This is going to be a long runner or this is going to be oh this one is going to get out of the hospital in two days you yeah, know and we know it already because you're in that practice absolutely. and yeah but if you have a director who never who never had that experience that you know got this um the degree let's say dbt and then they they got into the position as a director without that experience like it's tough they just yeah. tell you what to do <laughs> that's yeah. what I, some of you my some of my stuff running too yeah, you always want someone who understands you, right? Your your director or your boss should be someone who understands the job. That way, the guidance will be more effective. Yeah, it's kind of like in any uh, in any industry. Like say, like right now, I started a new business in the financial industry, healthcare, right? So I moved from healthcare to healthcare. The principle is still the same. You needed somebody who's gone there, who's been there, who will tell you the ropes and then, you know, and you trust them. Yeah. And the, the staff trusts me because they know if um, things 
gets to worse, they know I will put on my scrubs, I will put on my white jacket, get my stethoscope, you know, get the walkers going right there in the trenches with them. But if they not know, like other uh, mentors or other directors, well, they'll just tell you what to do. Just finish the job. You know, yeah, they could absolutely. not literally mentor you how to go about it. That's 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 amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I like I like the logo, by the way. Uh, healthcare to wealth care. I think. Uh, you know, if I only look at the logo, it has the health and the wealth, you know, combined, it uh, gives it a good story. <laughs> so let's talk about the, yeah. uh, let's talk about the, uh, you, that's, that's your uh, MG consulting services. Am I correct? Yes. Okay. My, I started my MG, uh, MG consulting. It's, you know, it's mini Garcia, but actually underneath that MG is really my God's consulting services. I'm a, I'm a Christian. And so I know that nothing that I do is without, not without his blessings and his guidance. So I kind of like, you know, so people said, oh yeah, no brainer, Mini Garcia, MG Consulting. So I started not consulting as a physical therapist because of my practice. And I've attempted to resign many times with, uh, with the company. And uh, lo and behold, I, I started, I lived in LA at the beginning. And I worked with this company and I resigned first because I was uh, diagnosed with breast cancer and I went through the chemotherapy and everything, right? And I was still working. But then I said, eh, you know what? I kind of like slow down. Let me, I uh, don't want to drive from Orange County to uh, to LA. And then said, that, okay, they agreed. But then lo and behold, they found a hospital that I needs needs my help. Said, oh, it's only about 20 minutes from LA so you can drive. So I'm back in the... <laughs> limelight again in physical therapy and directing and you know uh starting the operation in this company and then i moved out and then i resigned again i moved down in a little bit lower than um you know farther south in orange county and then they found and now they found all these orange county hospitals so i'm hooked you know i get i get in and out in and out of that uh that system now i um i forgot what your question was <laughs> yeah. no, so I'm, but so um actually i can ask you a question now so part of your consulting service you educate people on financial literacy right so who are your clients and what how can people get in touch with you if they need financial advice yeah so with MG Consulting, like I said earlier, I started it consulting it with our company as a director, and then it expanded to the holistic approach to a, a person's needs. Okay, at the beginning, it was mainly mentorship and how to become a better clinician, how to become a better director. And then I got involved with what you call financial education. And then I moved on that consulting and services firm to a, a much greater level. Because I do believe, now I believe that finances is really a foundation of any career. You know, Absolutely. the sad thing, if I may, uh, if I may share with you, I, you know, I, in the bio said that I am an immigrant from the Philippines. In the Philippines, how we know about finances is really weird. It's actually incomplete. We get, it's, it's almost like a, a pick and choose. You pick here, a little bit here and there, right? But the common theme is that you work, you go to a university, if not a good university, and get a good degree, and then graduate and then work. That's pretty much the financial education there. It's, it's almost like if you have work, then you're set, regardless what work, you know. But uh, in in a in a middle uh, 
put it in a little bit higher level, then it's got to be a very good career. So I do not know if you notice here in the United States, there are a lot of Filipino nurses. Sciences, we believe, is the is the uh, source where you can earn a lot of money. Well, I did not go to nursing. I went to physical therapy. I was planning to become a doctor, but I don't know why I thought it was so long. So I ended up becoming a physical therapist. So pretty much everybody thought that I'm set. And I believe that. I believe that I'm set. So I came here in the United States. I actually went to the top university in the Philippines. I do not know how I made it there, but I made it there, right? So pretty much every peop, uh, everyone thought that I'm, I'm all set. But I came here in the United States and do my job. I love what I do. Um, and I enjoyed it. But guess what? Financially, I don't tap into it. I don't talk about finances. Why? Because I came to realize that, wait, I'm working and I'm earning six figures, but where is the money going? You know how like one day you wake up that, wait a minute, where's the money going? <laughs> I'm getting older. And so then that became in the back burner of my, I said, okay, I need to learn about finances. But until I was invited by a friend of mine in a seminar, and I think, you know, she just said, oh, I'll let me invite Nini. You know, so I sat there and then, said oh my gosh there's so many things about finances that i didn't know and then and here's what blew my mind in my mind i thought finances is so complicated i bought a house when i was like i think three five years out uh, started working here i don't understand what i signed during that time right <laughs> It's so funny, but then I signed it. I got a house and everything. But now, when I was just like, when I was sitting in this um, seminar, I said, finances are so simple. Why in the hell? Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I no, don't it's okay. It's okay. This is a, this is a friendly <laughs> show, time. so you're good. <laughs> okay. Why in heaven am I not uh, allowed to know all of these? You know. Uh, all of this information, the financial industry make it so complicated. You know, the portfolios here, and then we um, we annuitize your money here and stuff like that. These terminologies that they do, right? And invest here. And then only for you to find out that there are like three important things about finances that you really need to know. And that's it and run with it, right? And one is the rule of 72. Have you heard of the rule of 72, Harud? Yeah, the rule of 72. What do you mean? They said the eighth wonder of the world. Guess what? I know, I know I'm top of the class, but I will never ever forget that the seventh wonder of the world is rice terraces in the Philippines. I said, what? There's an eighth wonder of the world and it's this, the rule of 72. Yeah. Second is the rate of return. Mm -hmm. What do you mean the rate of return? Yes, says I was one of those who used to be guilty of doesn't care about about the interest rate let alone doesn't care how much my money is growing and when they showed me that picture and the effect of the rate of return using the rule of uh, 72 that man that really just opened my eyes so simple math <laughs> you know? it's like compounding it is so simple math and then they said but, but now here you're young or you're old depending on how your age where do you put your money is it on a fixed account or is it somewhere else where it's indexed I said, what do you mean index? Well, you don't lose money. What do you mean you don't lose money? You're supposed to lose money, right? Isn't that normal with finances? Like yeah. everybody was saying, because you hear it so loud with the stock market, right? Oh, I lost money or I gained money. As a matter of fact, in stock, people who are in it, they always say, I 
my money grew. I gained a lot gain. But then when they lose money, they are quiet about it. You don't hear about it, right? Yeah, yes, <laughs> That's so funny. And then, but then now I come to realize that no, they go up and down, they go up and down, and they just don't tell you the down. Well, I found out that there is a way not to go down, and that's indexing. Warren Buffett says there are only two rules when it comes to money and building wealth. Rule number one, don't lose money. And he said, rule number two, don't you dare ever forget rule number one. Yeah. So don't lose money. So that's why he said that this indexing, where if the market crashes, you don't lose your money. Some, some of the companies actually even give you 0.75%. Wow, I said, really? And then if it, if the market goes up, you go, you go up with a certain cap. And I said, well, but what if the market is so high and then the cap is low? I said, well, look, Minnie, I found out like in the history, the only way we can literally predict, predict the financial gain is when you go back. So we go back 20 years, 25 years. If you go steady on it, the principle of indexing is the best. Yeah. And then the last thing, which is the one that I feared so much uh, here in the United States, and I got funny and scary story about it, it's taxes, the effect of taxes in the money. I said, Absolutely. I said, I know taxes because I always say Uncle Sam, Uncle Sam is really rich from me because I do not know. And when I found out about it, I said, what do you mean? I paid 10000 every pretty much every year because of my, because I do not know. Well, I'm not blaming IRS. They're just following the rules. Say that again. You're, you're not alone. A lot of people, unfortunately, uh, go through life passively, right? Uh, like, oh, the government's uh, the government is collecting taxes. Oh, here you go. Or oh, uh, we're putting the stock market and we don't know where to put it uh, properly. So there goes our money, right? And a lot of people say, um, let's say, option investing is. Uh, um, is risky, right? And like all these people who say such things because they don't understand what they're doing. If you understood exactly. what you were doing, you know, you, you want to be saying stuff like this, right? So I completely exactly. agree So that's why for me, then all of a sudden I said, wait, I need to learn. After all, I do not need to be scared about numbers. And like I said, you know, my story about taxes, my first year here, um, my husband and I would file taxes and said, you know, there is this, what you call uh, this one turbo tax. Oh my gosh. We do not know anything about the United States tax. And now we're turbo taxing and we are 11 o'clock in the evening. Deadline is before midnight. Right? <laughs> we're filing our taxes. I tell you, I think I, um, I developed PTSD during that time. <laughs> and since then I said, don't worry about taxes. So if, if IRS says I have to pay, then I would have to pay. I never like so anyway so simply because I did not take time to learn about it and actually you don't even have to spend a lot of time to learn about it and so I learned so much this um in this seminar just at that an hour and a half and I said I want more and that's when I learned I understood about you know, when, how much our money or taxes. That's when I started looking at the interest rate my bank gives me. Oh my gosh, another highway robbery right there. Professional highway robbery. And I said, all along I've been trusting this bank to keep my money and grow my money. And guess what? No, they only give you 0.01%. Yep. And they're even lucky to tell you that, you know, congratulations. We raised the interest rate to 0.02. What the heck? 
<laughs> and then I said, if you're going to, uh, if you're going to follow the rule of seventy-two, that'll be seventy-two hundred years for my money to double. Yeah, Can you absolutely. imagine that? Yeah. And then plus the fees. I, I don't like ADMs for some reason. I, I mean, sometimes I think me and machine sometimes does not go along and I, I don't trust. So if I can go inside the bank, I would go inside the bank and literally deposit my check, right? And, and you know, these banks charge you if you go more than four times. Yes. Some of them six times. So, well, then now they're gonna grab another more for my money on top of that, right? And then the interest rate, if you have a credit card, making mm -hmm. you feel good that they are loaning you money or you're getting money for your mortgage. And and yet, let's say you're late for your credit card, poof, 16%, 23%. Yeah. Wow. It's like, so for me, it's like, okay, I write it, I write it off from my past experience because I did not do my due diligence uh, learning it's not it's no excuse i take responsibility for that but now i said well now now that i know all this i know i need to give to caesar what is caesar and give to god what is god's right but i don't Absolutely. have to give caesar bonus <laughs> just because <laughs> i do not know anything about it so i literally ran about it and then you know i learned about the tax taxable uh income i learned about the tax deferred like the 401k 403b and then the part where uh, the, the best part is that there's actually a place where you can put your money where you do not have to pay taxes on the gains yeah. i said what you know what that's what the millionaires are doing they put all their monies in this vehicle where they do not have to pay taxes on the gains and guess what if they run out of place then they go to tax deferred mm -hmm. i said do i need to have millions to do that i said no and that was the game changer for me. Yeah. What are you telling me? I can start saving $35, dollars $50, $100, right? On those types of beans. And they said, yes, sign me up. <laughs> I signed up and then I literally learned about it. And guess what? It became a business because I started sharing my the information that I know to people. And they told me that, Mimi, all you need to do is have another license. Well, I spent thousands of dollars to get my physical therapy license to practice here in the United States. I don't care if I have to spend another thousand dollars if the gain is way so much bigger. Absolutely. And look at it in perspective, Harut. Like, if I am in physical therapy, uh, what is the average? You know, say $50 an hour of physical therapist, right? Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. if I'm going on private practice, sometimes they pay me $100 every time I visit a patient during my time, okay? Maybe it's 120 now, still the same. In this industry, in the financial industry, there's so much money that the financial industry would like to thank you and commission. You give you commission the client that they never advertise for. So with one client that I sit down and help them and show them do this education that I learned mm -hmm. and then for them to say, I wanted to start my savings also. Guess what? How long did it take? Maybe an hour or two. And you can go home with 3,000, 5,000 at some point. Yeah. Minimum, let's just say a thousand. Thousand and hundred dollars. You know, so that's when I Big said, difference. and guess what? Very big difference in the number, but what is the 
what is the effect on that on the person that you help? I help my patients get out of bed. I really crank all my strength. I know I'm tiny. <laughs> I'm tiny, but that, that's why they said, how come all the physical therapists in the hospital are so tiny? Well, we do have techniques. But guess what? These clients that I help, they can sleep well. As a matter of fact, they don't get sick as much as my clients, as my patients in the hospital. Why? Because there's peace of mind. You know, there's this mindset. Absolutely. When you're at peace, your body is also at peace and you're in robotics and, you know, about that. And then, so you see how a lot of, a lot of patients are negative, they're cranky and then, you know, they're frustrated, but I can understand if you need money today or tomorrow, you do not have enough to pay for your mortgage, for your rent, for your food, and then do something for your family. You're worried sick. I mean, that's, I think that's where they got that word, worried sick, right? Because you get worried and then you get sick. And it's true because I was there. And so for me, it's like to see my clients being able to relax and not worry. And then also know that maybe in 20, 20 years from now, they have a, a sum of money that they can pull off. They don't have to pay Uncle Sam and live off their lives and be able to do more. Oh my gosh, the reward is way night and day. But I just love my uh, healthcare workers. And so I, I mentioned to you before that I went back to uh, more and practicing in the physical therapy in the hospital because now I have a crusade. My crusade is healthcare to wealthcare, right? No healthcare workers left behind. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of our healthcare workers are frontliners. We've, they've been all of a sudden, like they became popular. We've been around for so many years, right? I know, right? So I know. It, it took a pandemic for Thank God to the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, and it took a pandemic for them to realize that these nurses are good. But I tell you, we've we've been a brunt of um, patients that are angry as though we're the one who caused the sickness, right? Yeah. And sometimes they're mad at us for trying to help them. But because of the pandemic, all of a sudden, like, ha oh, hey, you know, but it, it's long overdue, you know, long overdue as far as recognition and appreciating them. Yeah, thank you, uh, Starbucks, and thank you, McDonald's. I got those free meals during the pandemic. Uh, every once in a while, they provided those in other restaurants, right? But here's the thing, they get sick too. And then when they get tired, they go home. Without financial education, they go the same route as what I did before. They just, you know, they think they own, they earn a lot, so they just put a little bit of, little, little bit of their money to the banks and then save enough so that they can have a vacation, a vacation that they have to ask an adult a permission that they, if they can have it or not, yeah, because they're they're an employee, yeah. right? Yeah. We even say that, you know. At this age, at age 50, you have to ask another 40-year-old younger than you are, which is your boss, a permission if you can go on vacation to Hawaii for five days. And if they say no, then you couldn't go. I said, That's insane. And so yeah. I would like to educate everybody. Look, there's better life than this. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody that needs that education. Be as long as you know. Everybody, oh, whether, whether, whether you're a healthcare worker or just working anything, doing anything, you need the financial education. If you don't have it, now you know someone who is giving that financial education. You know, go seek Mini out, 
Minerva Garcia, Healthcare to Wealthcare. And uh, I think you're doing something very valuable, a very noble cause. I think no, um, no nurse, no, no healthcare person should be left uneducated financially. So uh, exactly. kudos to you, kudos to you for doing what you're doing. Uh, let's go back to you uh, a little bit to your uh, personal, personal life. So you're a singer. <laughs> Oops. Yes, I actually, uh, um, actually, before I went to physical therapy in college, I was actually in a college of music, uh, majoring in voice. Nice. Yeah, I, I sing. Um, I, I traveled to Europe uh, with a singing group. We competed in uh, in Europe, and it was fun. You know, it was great. I love it. And I think it became a transition for me because I used to sing, you know, in high school glee club, and then you do not know what you're going to do. Uh, the truth is my mom does not understand physical therapy, so she does not understand why am I going to physical therapy. So I said, oh, oh okay, in the music, because my brother is also a musician. I come from a musician family. He's oh, wow. a musician, guitarist, and so I followed his lead. And so I think that's comfort zone for my mom that she knows where I'm at. But so that's when I developed my um, musical career. I enjoyed it. I don't know at that time because I was, I think I was 18 years old during that time in college in the Philippines. And I don't know what I do. All I know is I'm enjoying it. But it became part of my life, you know. That, and then but when my mom came back, and my mom came back from Iran and she was with a lot of physical therapists. I said, okay, you can go to physical therapy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's in my heart. And in my heart, I sing in choir. I sing in... Um, um, there is this church called Saddleback Church in um, Lake Forest, and I'd sing, and we do have a big gospel choir there. And um, yeah, that's awesome. And I that's joined, awesome. Uh, my my mother was a singer. Oh, yeah. So back yeah. in the day, so you know, I uh, completely, uh, I, I used, I, I used to, you know, hear her sing while she was cooking and while she was doing the dishes, while she was taking care of us. So in my younger years, of course, but uh, that was that was awesome. Um, and you're also a breast cancer survivor. How was that experience? I am a breast cancer. Well, you, you know what? I don't know if I put it on myself, but I remember when I first got here in the United States and started starting my career as a physical therapist. I prayed. I wanted to become the best physical therapist in the nation. You know, that's like maybe a steep steep goal or a vision right but hey. i pray for that that's that's what goals are supposed to do goals are supposed to transform you completely so you should aim as high as possible correct and then so that was mine is that i don't i don't want to be uh pompous and arrogant about that but then that's we should have a goal right but um few months after that i was diagnosed with breast cancer and um, you know what? I took it as a grain of salt. This is how God, you probably God answered my, my, my desire to become one. He said, okay, well, then if you want to become a good physical therapist, you need to know your patients. So then I became a patient. So I became a first-hand patient. I know how it feels to be walking in the hallway with yeah. your, um, you know, with just a gown and everything with the drops on your back. I know how it feels when a patient is sitting uh, in the doctor's offices and waiting for waiting for not just minutes but sometimes an hour with a doctor yeah. and i you know the fear of being inside a hospital and not knowing what's next so it kind of like you know i i took that as my learning uh, learning lesson 
I, it did not stop me. Actually, I continued to work as a as a therapist during that time. I would have my chemotherapy on um, Tuesday afternoon, and since chemotherapy does not work until after three days, so by come Friday, I'm ready to be pooped. You know, and then <laughs> I recovered Saturday and Sunday, and back to work again. And, That's awesome. So, but like I said, you know, breast cancer became uh, the what is a learning learning anchor for me and yeah thank you thank god it's 20 it's been 25 years no i love i love i love what you're saying i love your energy i love how you your perspective on life in general uh i love how you don't pass blame how you take responsibility for every situation that you've been through uh, because ultimately that's it you know we put ourselves in the situations that we find ourselves in and there's no 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 reason to blame others or the economy or the government or whatever, right? We put ourselves in that uh, in the situation, and we need to be aware of that. And once we become aware of that, we can get out of that, right? Exactly. And I wish I could tell you, Harut, that I was like this before. <laughs> if well, I could only, if I could blame the whole uh, whole United States for everything, but it's true. There's a big part of me i never never get it like oh i did not even blame myself for a while but i just take it as a grain of salt there's got to be some some lesson in here Absolutely. right and um and so i realized that even when i am building my business that well you cannot blame anybody you know you cannot blame you don't have mentors you have too many mentors your mentors is not good i said oh okay so i guess i just have to default on how what i used to uh, I'm used to thinking before, but I tell you, life is a life is a space where we can actually grow our mindset. At the beginning, I never thought that I was really that strong mentally. I still am. I'm still in the process. I tell you, I'm learning every day, and I'm just excited about what am I? Okay, I got this. What am I going to learn tomorrow? You know, <laughs> things like yeah. that. Well, it's it's all about so uh, mindset. Just have to, as you I said. just keep yeah. you waiting. Absolutely. It's all about mindset. Everything is mindset related. And, uh, you know, we are conditioned ever since we were kids to live in a certain way, expect certain things and, you know, uh, go to school, get a job and, you know, but we're never, we're never taught to think on a deeper level, be aware, right? How are, uh, how are thoughts affecting our results? We, we've never thought, we oh, never, okay, yeah. we never taught that. Right, so it's it's very important what we're discussing here. I hope uh, our listeners are, you know, benefiting from 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 the conversation we're having, and hopefully they take an action towards uh, bettering their situation uh, and and you know keep working on themselves on, on themselves on their mindsets and see how that's going to transition them into a much better place. Um, yes, mindset is uh, mindset is really the key, and uh, I think the biggest tipper where I tipped on my mindset is that as soon as you agree or admit that you do not have a strong mindset, that's the beginning of strength. Yes. Because I thought I was strong, because I've gone through so many so many adversities. I thought I was strong, and then one day I just realized, no, I'm not strong. And I need to learn. And um, that's when all of a sudden teachings of 
Bob Proctor, Tony Robbins, Joe Dispenza, John Asaraf. I I can name so many people. Um, was this um, John Maxwell? All these people there that that have come in front of me that I started reading long time ago. Now I have to pull all those books back, and I said, now it does make sense. Now I need all of these guys to help me and. People are asking, said, how do you strengthen your mindset? You borrow somebody else, and then you bring in more people in your team. Yeah. I brought in Bob Proctor. <laughs> I brought in Ed Milet, you know, one of my mentors in my financial business. And, and I brought in even the young ones. The young ones have like kind of like a, a nice touch of um, a different thinking. I think you just have to diversify the mentors that you bring into yourself and learn how to filter, you know, Absolutely. based on what you desire. I actually did a lot of work with yeah. Bob Proctor's institution. So uh, I, I studied with them for, for some time. Now I'm teaching what I studied there too, as well, to uh, mostly young athletes, right? The young athletes who uh, want to perform better in both on the on the court and on, in their life, right? Uh, because I was, a, I was yeah. an athlete and I cannot tell you how crucial it is to have the right proper mindset whether it's in a game in your studies in your school life in your family life at that age having the right mindset and having someone mentor you to to hold the right images in your mind is imperative so oh my gosh hopefully yes. i can do that for 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 young athletes yes of course you do uh with your training with bob uh with bob proctor i i am pretty i am pretty sure because that's yeah. all there is. You, you got something, you give it. Exactly, <laughs> you give exactly. it back, so then it'll Absolutely. grow, right? Absolutely. And that's exactly what um, that's exactly maybe what I am doing. The minute I any hurdle that I go through, say breast cancer, I would talk to as many breast cancer uh, survivors or the ones who are still struggling, and then I learn about uh, mental health. That's why mindset is really very big on me. I struggled with depression at a very young age. At 16, I attempted to um, to commit suicide. And then, you know, thank God I did. I was not successful, right? But then, so I beasted myself with school, activities, and everything. But on the outside, people think I'm doing okay. But there is this nagging, continued, str quiet struggle of suicidal um, ideations and depression that people do not know. So you have to just literally be strong enough to say, help, yeah. help, help. And really just scream and then go for it. And that's why I got, um, I got involved with all of these different mentors. And sometimes we need to do that for other people that um, to let Absolutely. them know that they are free to call help. They're free to call up, and that's what I did. And so I am, uh, as you know, um, one of our friends, Craig Shelley from Craig Shelley uh, uh, Watches, uh, I was telling him that hopefully by the end of the year, December 31, 2021, my goal is to open up the foundation called ICU Foundation. Not intensive care unit, but it does sound like intensive care unit foundation, but I and then C, you foundation it's a foundation that will support those who struggle with mental illness and that's, that's really more main mainly focus on mental health and fitness because a lot of our oh let me tell you this if you may allow me to uh, yeah, indulge in a little bit 
because I was in this, um, I was in this uh, being a patient, you know, being uh, I seek psychologist, psychiatrist. I've been down on antidepressants and counseling. I tell you, I spent a lot of money on all of those, and I didn't care because I was really seeking uh, to become well. And just because I was introduced with Bob Proctor, Tony Robbins, and everything, guess what? My, my mindset's like it's almost like it negates everything that I learned from the psychology and psychiatry world. Why? Because that is the second side of the world. I don't know. I, I'll get in trouble by saying this, but uh, you know, I know a lot of counselors. They're very good. I had wonderful counselors, but I would have been still there paying it week after week and not knowing the tools that I learned hearing from Bob Proctor, hearing from Tony Robbins, hearing from John uh, Asaraf, John uh, Maxwell, yeah. the tools that they give is so practical. And all of these are available and yet not available. You know what I mean? It's, I know exactly there what is you a mean. Cir <laughs> there is a circle that people do not know this. And the, so that's why I said in this foundation that I am um, building, the ICU foundation, I want them to find the other resources than just the medication. Mm -hmm. Than just, you know, like psychiatrists and go this one here and then pay. Because guess what? The government and the insurance is a medical, uh, medical uh, situation. They pay for those. If hospitals have a large behavioral health, the hospitals are in good condition. Why? Because the government pays a lot of money to take care of them. Well, wait a minute. How how about if we just prevent them from having it? Yeah. You know, exactly. there's so many opportunities for people to become productive, and this world would have been much happier. You know, rather than taking care of people who struggle with mental illness and the mental illness disturbing other people, right? Absolutely. So if we can find resources for them, the same resources that I got myself, I run myself into. It's not even given to me. I just ran into it because of the mentors that I got, because I've decided to start a business, and in this business they make you become stronger mentally in your mindset wow it's almost like you're walking and say oh this is the cure <laughs> like you know it's not <laughs> not even it's not it's just like oh this is the financial uh information i mean pretty much a lot of them i ran into and i don't want to say because nobody told me uh, it's just because my focus is different my focus is on my own significance to become yeah. the best physical therapist, right? To help my patients. And then my patients says I'm a good one. My focus is different. But if we could allow a platform, a space for everybody where people can share them, what are the different options that they have out there? There are so many resources. Absolutely. That their thinking and their their mindset can be challenged. Then whoa, I tell you what, I, I stopped taking medication for about three years now. Wow, that's awesome. No withdrawals or anything. I don't even know about that withdrawal, but I do remember that when I made that decision, I said, you know what? Why am I using this medication as a crutch, fearing that I will feel depressed? Why well, I will feel depressed. That's an emotion, right? Yeah. It's a matter of like, what do you do about it? Yeah, yeah. So you you cover you bring yourself some mentors that just Mel Robbins, five, four, three, two, one, get up. You know, yeah. Les Brown. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. You know? We should be we should be very careful to the thoughts that we're giving energy to, and uh, when we do that, we start to realize we start to realize what which thoughts are not contributing to our success, and we can let those go. 
Um, this has been a, a fulfilling conversation. And, you know, Minerva Garcia, Mini, thank you so much for your time. Uh, and uh, You're very welcome. Uh, I hope our listeners uh, will listen to this and because they will get tremendous value out of it. And thank you for your time once one more time. I see you next time with a different guest. Thank you very much, Arul, for having me. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.